Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. Hey everybody, what's up? It's the podcast 15 to Life, the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I'm your host, Tito Guerrero. Let's go ahead and jump into this. So, today I'm going to be making some references to my incarceration, but kind of keeping it on the level of um, kind of some transformation, right? And really... um, looking at uh what we can do uh things that that i did things that you can do things that you may have done and maybe you've fallen off we all you know that this happens um but anyway um kind of things to to keep you going and to remind you that there's always a way right so anyway this this podcast is um going to be about change and acceptance all right change and acceptance um so um i was incarcerated for 12 years 11 years 11 point like nine two years right almost 12 years uh basically i went in march 18th 1997 i was released february 25th 2009 so you know shy of 12 years by a few weeks anyway um yeah, uh, the journey was long, uh, throughout with um, <laughs> just all manners of craziness and and uh, Murphy's Law definitely coming into play every time you think you're comfortable, everything gets shaken up, right? Um, but people ask me this question a lot, right? Um, I'm a vice president now. Um, I've been out, you know, 11, 11 years and some change, and, um, I started at the bottom, um, working at a non-profit, and now, now I'm a vice president, um, and then people who don't know me from the past, and better yet, people that have known me for a short period of time, ask this question a lot, I find, so I'm going to talk about it today, which is, you know, what, what changed you in prison, right, what, what what made you the person you know you are today and i answer this first and foremost i tell people the tito that you're looking at and talking to my personality is no different than how it was pre you know march 97 um i always was someone who um liked seeing people do good, right? Don't get me wrong, a younger mindset, you know, if I didn't like you, then I didn't want you doing good, right? 100%. Um, But on the flip side, uh, if I knew you, I I genuinely would go out of my way to, you know, make sure you were taken care of in some shape, form, and fashion. And I didn't know it, realize it, acknowledge it back then. I didn't realize kind of what my character was and who I was. I just did crap because it made me feel good. Um, and 
I got I got abused, or I should say used to an extent, because I was that guy who would, you know, call you up and say, hey, buddy, you want to go catch a movie? And you might tell me, oh, man, yeah, I want to, but, you know, I'm broke. I don't have any money, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I would say, hey, um, don't trip. Do you want to go? I'll come get you and I'll pay for you. And when I would do that, I, I had this mindset, like, if I call you up and ask you out, you don't have to be like a female. Like, you know, if I'm calling you up, like, I need to be ready to float that bill. And not to mention, I didn't realize this till way later, I'm an extrovert in the true sense. Like, I I get my energy off other people. So if I don't have anyone around me, I'm not going to say I'm dead, but... I'm not going to achieve my full happiness. Like I can do a lot of stuff by myself, but eventually I need to be around people to share or do that thing with those other people. So I, I didn't realize that till later, but now I get why I did so many of the things that I did and why I let people kind of use me because they knew I would, I would fit the bill. Worst case scenario. All they had to do was say they were broke. Right. So anyway, I was always like a good person in that respect. Right, I look after the people that that I hung around and that I did stuff with and everything. Right, um, on the flip side, um, I hung around, you know, not not the best people, and I say this seriously, only slightly joking, which is, um, you know, I uh, uh I would I, I hung around like dope dealers, gangbangers, pimps prostitutes and other like nefarious people right um and when i say that like the drug dealers i hung around they weren't you know necessarily those the nickel and dime dudes on the corner like i I hung around dudes that pushed weight you know sold ounces pounds kilos of stuff and the gangbangers were the dudes that kind of told other people what to do you know and not to say i was some major factor in anything I was just a goofy guy that helped everyone kind of connect. You know what I mean? I had that personality where everyone talked to me, so I always knew what was going on, and I could connect people and make people happy, and therefore I was accepted, kind of, sort of, you know? And it also made me feel like I was one of them when the reality was I was kind of, you know, faking the role. Um, So needless to say, um, and, you know, people dealing guns and stuff do. Uh... I, I tell people all the time, I'll never forget when, you know, one of my connections uh, had an army connection and they were selling grenades for 50 bucks a pop. Like, you could buy a grenade for $50. Um, absolutely absurd, like, um, scary too, right? But anyway, uh, back to the, the story. So, yeah, um, personality-wise... I was the same person, right? So when you when you think about change, right? It's not always like something like so drastic that you're not who you are anymore, right? Sometimes change is is way crazy and and it could be like you you were 400 pounds and now you're down to 200 and yes, you're you're this totally different entity person the whole nine right sometimes you might have a real uh uh 
crazy view on things. Like you might be like a, a white supremacist or something, and now you're not because you've you've learned about other cultures and and you see something differently. So maybe there is like a big change. But I I think we forget that sometimes the changes are subtle and you see them, but you don't see them. And and people that didn't see the before don't understand the full after. Um, And when I'm saying that, I'm really talking about myself because I could go out, I could do business things even at a young age, you know, and present myself well and everything else, articulate myself, the, the whole nine, right? And you wouldn't have known that I was into all this stupid shit on the outside, right? Or behind closed doors or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then some people did see the stupid shit. And because they weren't the right people to have around me, they never told me or pushed me to get away from it. And then, of course, the people that were part of the stupidity, well, you know, it's like crabs in a barrel. You know, they, they don't want to see anyone get out. And, you know, the, there were opportunities to get out and do other things and and every time i the crabs just pulled me back in and usually it was deeper each time so needless to say uh, it's not like i was a dummy my entire life um it definitely happened you know more in the the teenage to the early 20s until i got incarcerated but um, my point is when we when we talk about change right um the changes that happened to me and yes a lot of this started and and took place in prison was really self-evaluation it's one thing when someone tells you you know it's kind of like if someone gets on you a lot like you might say you're trying to lose weight or something but then when someone calls you on like eating fast food and stuff you're like damn stop messing with me come on bro i can eat a little bit and then it becomes that everyone's just trying to tell me what to do and i'm gonna do what i'm a grown-ass man i'm gonna do what i want to do right but the reality is, is really to change, right? A lot of times, you know, we, we need something to trigger it, right? And I, I use this a lot. Sometimes it has to be traumatic. And when I say traumatic, that can be on so many different levels, on a mental, emotional, physical, like all different forms, right? But something hardcore happens to shake your soul and make you realize, like, damn, this ain't working, right? It's time to change. And unfortunately for many of us, that, that has to happen. And when that happens, it's bad, man. Like you you, you get diabetes, you, you you contract AIDS, you like all kinds of crazy extreme measures to make us realize you go bankrupt and now you have to manage your money. You can't try to be the guy flossing the new Jordans and all this other junk, trying to impress people who really don't give a shit about you, Right. It forces you into that that point of, you know, I'm going to save money. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to mind what I eat as far as for my blood sugar and all that, right? Because I have to. I'm going to stop smoking because the doctor told me I can only live six months if I don't, right? Like all that. And for some of us, it's seeing that, you know, being close enough to someone to kind of go through it with them to the point where, holy crap, I don't want to go down that road either, right? And then... I'll be bluntly honest, you know, like I said, people ask, you know, what, at what point in prison, like what changed you? What did this? What did that? Right. Here's a reality. I was in prison seven years, incarcerated, prison five years. I was incarcerated seven years before it clicked. 
And when I say that, I mean before I really, 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 really um, got to the point that I needed to be. Um, and what that is, is um, for that change to occur, you kind of have to accept what's changing, right? And so that's why this is about change and acceptance. Like, I accepted the fact I was a dumbass. I accepted the fact that I was in this situation where uh, I'm incarcerated, I'm around not the best people, I don't have the best resources. Um, for the most part, you know, the prison system is set up to perpetuate that system, which is they want to keep you segregated, they want to keep race issues jumping off, they want to keep you fighting, they want to keep you getting in trouble, so they have job security. And I'll, I'll go to battle against anyone who tries to argue otherwise. I know it's getting better, but at the end of the day, it's a business. It's not there. It's not crime and punishment. It's not crime, punishment, and rehabilitation like they try and tell you. It is all about punishment and money. So anyway, I need to say, seven years in, like I started accepting a lot of truths you know and those truths revolved around you know who i was hanging around with the fact that the things the the people and things i was hanging around with and doing like me killing someone especially someone close to me especially someone i considered a brother became more and more something that i saw as it was inevitable it was going to happen Something to someone or myself was going to happen because of how careless I was. And that acceptance allowed me to start saying, I, I, I got to start looking at other things that might help me open my eyes to, to other things, right? And that's where the change part kicked in. It was actually after acceptance. And it was after I, I, I just threw my hands up and said, I, I, you know, I, I give it up to God. I give it up to whatever. Like I, I need help with this. And some of the positive brothers I saw in the yard were doing these positive things, quote unquote, whether it be church, whether it be going and, um, uh, uh, volunteering to do different things, whether it was school, whether it was self-help groups, whether it was working, um, you know, in a, in a industrial field where they could learn something that they could potentially take outside. And I literally just went all in, literally all in. I, I got myself in vocation, which was, you know, lens lab, which, you know, I got certified as an optician and a contact lens examiner and a customer service specialist. Uh, I learned the ins and outs of, of making prescription glasses from start to finish. Um, I signed up for literally every self self help group that was there, everyone. Like I didn't care. It was a Christian, Muslim, Buddhist. Like uh, just sign me up. Um, I, I volunteered. Basically, uh, it's not really volunteering because it's just you do it or you don't. But you know, I started encouraging other brothers to to do good and get on the right path. I started doing college courses, and you know, I. I kept thinking to myself, you know, I need to have a good business mind. So I started doing business classes, right? I went to, uh, I signed up for classes on, you know, reentry. Like, what is it going to be like? Like, I've been gone for, you know, all these years. And, and how is that going to work for me to reintegrate back into society 
you know, basically an ex-felon with no work history for, you know, a multitude of years and everything else. So acceptance and change were hand in hand, right? But I don't feel like I would have had, I could have one without the other. Like the change would have never came with the acceptance and the acceptance wouldn't be anything if I didn't change, right? So back to that initial question, like, well, what was it in prison? What was it? What was it? What was it? And I hate to say it. I, I just, the longer I was in there and the more I'm running around doing stuff like making wine, making prison hooch pruno and getting drunk all the time. And, and, uh, I didn't, I didn't do any drugs or anything, you know, but I drank and, um, <laughs> that was pretty much what I did prior to prison. So I wasn't doing anything that was going to a new path for me. And do I still drink today? I'm going to tell you guys, yes, I do. Do I drink anything like I used to drink? No. Like I can go months without a drink and it's nothing. You know, if there was no alcohol, I'd, I'd like, I'd rather have good food than alcohol, but I do drink every once in a while, you know, and I'm one of those people I usually, I'm not going to drink unless there's someone else to drink with, or it's just been one of those really long weeks and I have a beer or something. But before it was like, I get off work and woohoo, it's time to go spend all the money I just made at the bar and go hang out with people and buy other people drinks. So, uh, and in prison and in county jail, I made wine all the time and we drank all the time. So it wasn't until those last like five-ish years that I really cut everything off and started focusing on on doing something better um but once again like in your life you know what what is something that you've been struggling with and then ask yourself you know have you fully accepted it and when i say that like whatever it is if you're not getting good grades in school have you fully accepted some of the truths of what's going on like you're probably not investing enough time in it you probably aren't asking for help where you need it you're probably not researching your weaknesses to become better suited to get the grades that you want to get and not apply all your time and 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 brain capacity to your strengths because it makes you feel good right and i think it's ironic because i had a meeting with some of my team today and one of my high-ranking team members uh, was explaining how she would always find herself having to do this certain task that was probably two levels beneath her, you know, unless there's some kind of emergency situation and no one's around and she has to then do those tasks because those other individuals just can't do them, right, because they're not there or whatever, because she has higher-level tasks to do. And she was quick to defend it and i told her i said so you're really good at that huh well yeah that's how i got to where i'm at and blah 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 and i go yeah well <laughs> you need to accept the fact that's not your job anymore if that's what you're good at we can make that your position and make your pay that pay rate which is a hell of a lot less but your expectation is you're doing top level things you're managing those teams and you're making sure that if two of those people aren't here you have a backup a third and a fourth backup to do those jobs and she was defensive at first and then she started understanding what i was saying that you know as as we move up the ladder and mind you i'm talking about this this corporate slash you know whatever hierarchy whatever kind of work situation you're in but i'm also talking you know in our personal development professional development regardless what it is 
you know, we have to understand to get to level up, to get to the next level, to get that change that gets you noticed. You you have to accept some things like what are the things you have to do differently to get there? And two, you have to accept the fact that you have to let the prior position go. Right. That's not your role anymore. And if you don't empower, educate, train and get someone to that level to do your former job, shame on you. And then you're not ready for that next job, because if you can't get someone ready for your old job, how the hell are you going to do the next one? My point is this. What prison did for me without going into a bunch of prison stories is it afforded me enough solitude in a very cramped fishbowl environment, enough solitude in talking with people that after seven freaking years, it clicked in my head that I need people that are going to push me to do better. I need to push myself as much as I need those people to push me. I have to be self-reliant. Um, I have to be able to do this on my own. And then find the people that will push me later if there's none right now. Like, I had to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the process, 11 years, you know, after getting paroled. I'm in the process of trying to get back to that, that core, that raw, that gritty, you know, persistence and dedication to the process to the getting things done that i had back then because when i got out of prison you know excuse the language you guys know i I curse on here anyway but you couldn't fucking stop me you were not going to get in my damn way and anyone who had the nerve to tell me something i wouldn't be able to do it lit a fire under my ass and made me work at it twice as hard and I'm not saying I don't have all that drive, but I, after 11 years, it's definitely, it's, the light's still on, but it's not as bright. So I'm trying to fuel that fire now, you know, on so many different levels, um, because I want to do justice to the legacy that I'm trying to set up. And I want to, I want to do right by the team I'm leading right now to give them everything I have so that they can accept and change as well. Um, I'm telling y'all, we're in a, a, a crazy uh, world right now, and it's provided a lot of us these opportunities where we can focus on things we need to focus on, really do some internal um, meditation and, and, and dig deep into our souls and scratch at the inside, not the surface, but the inside of our, our molds to figure out where our, our our true beings want to be and where we can be and what we can be. Um, you don't have to change drastically on the outside. All I did was I gained a different focus and I wanted something different out of life. And I made a point to cut things off, which is always hard. The sacrifice is always fucking hard, but it's also always worth it. So I cut off a lot of people that I used to love hanging out with, but they just are not the ones to be around. And if you're listening, I still love you. I just can't mess with you right now. Not until you get your shit together. But I will help you at any time because I want to see you succeed. And you got to accept it before you can change it. And when you change it, you got to remember that you got to accept the new change too. Anyway, this is Tito. Accept it, change it, change it to accept it, and accept it back to change it again. Anyway, 
Y'all be safe. I hope you and your families are safe and healthy. Never stop moving forward. Please, because every day is a day closer to death. Y'all be safe.